0: When the enemy of our soul begins to attack us and it's a vital attack, then we call on God, God only to help us and to save us. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hemberg. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. Thank you for joining us as we go through the Bible again, from Genesis to Revelation. Today, we're in the Psalms, and Corey helps us with Ryan. Corey?
1: Today, I'm gonna to be taking a look at an artifact that may help explain one of the many ways that ancient people smelled good. Ryan?
2: Today, I'm showing how the designers of the submarine looked to God's creation for inspiration
0: designers of the submarine. That's fascinating. Okay, Janice, what'd you do?
3: Well, today is our fun Friday wrap-up, and so I get to ask a question based on anywhere between Psalm 15 and Psalm 44.
0: All right, very good. We have a lot to go through, and it's very, very interesting, so stay there as we continue. Let's open up the Bible and listen to the Lord. What does he say?
3: Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me, let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Psalm 43.
0: Psalm 41, 42, 43, and 44. That's what we read today as we go through the Bible the 32nd time. And as we do that, we learn a lot. Now, the prayer of Psalm 43 begins with the words, Vindicate me, O God, and it sounds desperate, and it is. Now, we really don't know who finalized this song, but we do know the words, and there are many people in the world today who empathize with the desperation of the writer. You see, everyone wants to be treated well, and when we are not, we want vindication, well, Psalm 43 is unique in that it speaks about, very important, God's vindication, which is vastly different than man's vindication. Now, The five verses contained in the psalm speak to the reader about hoping and trusting in God, no matter the circumstances. The point here is, if God is our Savior, who will ultimately take care of every kind of injustice in our lives, Why focus on our sorrow, disparity, or inner turmoil? He is going to wipe it all away. David's rhetorical question sums up well. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Psalm 43, verse 5. God encourages us through his music and teaches us how not to be discouraged. I remember thinking about the passage of scripture when David was at Ziklag and it says, he encouraged himself in the Lord. How do you do that? David knew how to engage music and engage the Holy Spirit of God to encourage himself and the Holy Spirit would come down and encourage him in the Lord. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. Take your Bible guide, turn to today's passage as we study it. We're talking about in times of trouble. And uh, this is the Bible guide, uh, right for yours today. Very, very important. And uh, I, I would thank you for your donations. Uh, they are really important and help us stay alive. And uh, we just need, uh, we need help from the Lord to do that. So Father, help us today in Jesus' name, amen. But if you go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, you can click on the page. It'll take you to a donate page and then take you to a page where you can download it exactly as it is. And uh, that is very, very interesting because we do things just exactly how it's printed. And so you're seconds away from joining us in times of trouble, Psalm 43. Lord, I I pray today that you would help us. There are many people watching who are in times of trouble, and I am not happy about that. I know what it is to be in times of trouble. I know what it means to be so trampled down by your own physical being that you can't think straight. I, I understand what that is, Lord. And Father, I pray today in Jesus' name, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, that you would use this psalm to speak to them wherever they are in the world, Africa, wherever they are in the world, Australia, wherever they are in the world, India, or anywhere in the world, in Europe, Father, South America, or America, or Canada, help us, oh God, in Jesus' wonderful name, and we said together, amen. Now, look at this psalm, because this is really important. Let's read and understand and allow the Lord to change our hearts. Psalm 43 verses one through two says, Vindicate me, O God, and plea my cause against the ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. You, you know, that's really interesting We could do a whole sermon on that, but we don't have time. Verse two says, for you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. Now, I want to tell you that when the enemy of our soul takes vengeance on our rightness with God, he takes vengeance on our rightness with God, we call for God's help. We learn to hope in God, not in our circumstances or in our situation. We hope in God as we sing our praises to him. Hope in God. And again, I say this, and I say this with all clarity on the American bills and on the American coins, it says in God, we trust beloved that teaches us that we have to trust in the external forces of God the Holy Spirit now let's go to three and four this gets interesting it says oh send out your light and your truth now that's fascinating your light and your truth let them lead me your light and your truth let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle and then I will go to the altar of God to God my exceeding joy God is my joy and on the harp, I will praise you, O oh God, my God. This is fascinating. We call on God to show us his light and his truth. His light and his truth. We must follow the leading of God's Holy Spirit and not our own desires. I want to tell you, there's a lot of people today that are focused on their situation. And they say, Lord, if you just change my situation, change my circumstance, just change hold on a minute. God doesn't do anything that is not correct. God may want you to be stronger than your situation. He may want your spirit to get through that situation. And so we pray, Lord, help us to be stronger. Help us to go through this situation in Jesus name. That's something very important today. We learn from the Psalms and there's something else. Watch this. Psalm 43, verse five. I love this one. This is great. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? He's asking himself a question. It's a rhetorical question. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Look at this. Hope in God. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him. He, he looks at the praise of, he's going to be praising God. The help of my countenance and my God. Now this brings me to the third point, which is fascinating. God is our only hope. The situations don't change. God is our only hope. Makes us stronger than the situation so we can go through it. He is our only hope and help in this world. Without God, we are sinners who are lost. But with God, we are born again as God's children who will live forever with God. Beloved, This is something we need to remember. God is in the process of our life of changing us. We were born in a certain way with certain raw characteristics and sins in there. But then when we come to know the Lord and we're born again, God begins to grow us and he grows us stronger than all our situations. And ultimately we are stronger than death because death is a transition. It's not the end. So we need to remember that. Let's keep in mind, let's not get focused on everybody's grieving for this and grieving for that, but let's focus on the fact that God has made a transition for us through Jesus Christ, raising from the dead as God. Death is a transition for us. We need to understand that because our eternal life, that's where we gain all of the good things that God has for us. We need to remember that today.
2: Today, as we continue on in our Bible study and our study of God's great creation, we're taking a look at a really neat piece of technology, the submarine. Now designers of submarines have had to face a lot of challenges and questions, such as what should the vessel's shape and size be in order for it to travel underwater with the least amount of resistance? How do we propel such a craft? And how do we maintain communication and location deep underwater? Well, in order to answer these questions, designers actually studied dolphins and whales. And whales are what I like to call God's original submarine. Check it out. Published in 1870 by French writer Jules Verne was the now classic science fiction novel, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And unlike Verne's other works, such as Around the World in 80 Days and Journey to the Center of the Earth, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, with its description of Nemo's vessel, called the Nautilus, actually holds up scientifically, as it accurately describes features on submarines which were only later realized. It's no surprise that building such a deep-water vessel involves a great many challenges, and aside from the obvious issues of coldness, darkness, and extreme water pressure, other things to consider are the ship's shape, size, and how to propel such a craft. Another challenge to overcome is that communication and location of one's position become difficult when the vessel is submerged. With such a long and intensive list of basic requirements, the designers wisely turned to God's creation for answers. In fact, the main design and future advancement of the submarine came largely through the observation of whales. Hence, it's no coincidence that the submarine's shape resembles that of whales. Consider the long, streamlined hull of a submarine and also its fins, or hydroplanes, that provide stability and steering ability. Additionally, sperm whales have a blunt nose that looks awkward at first sight, but nuclear submarines have a closely similar bow. The blunt nose results in streamlined, efficient movement through water with minimal noise or water turbulence. Submarines also use rear propulsion with propellers, somewhat equivalent to the whale's thrusting tail. Additionally, submarines have an echolocation sonar system based upon the design found in whales, dolphins, and even bats, though the man-made system is not nearly as sophisticated. Also, in order to maximize fuel efficiency and minimize water resistance, engineers mimicked the unusual design of the dolphin's snout and incorporated it into modern supertankers and military vessels. Amazingly, this new design has produced a saving of up to 25% of the enormous amount of fuel used in each journey of these great ships. The Dolphin's unique triple-layered skin also provided incredibly beneficial insights. For example, a Dolphin's first and outermost layer of skin is flexible and thin, but the middle layer is composed of a compressible sponge-type material, and the innermost layer is thick and composed of a flexible hair-like material. German naval engineers were actually able to mimic this by using a synthetic coating composed of two specialized rubber layers separated by a material composed of bubbles that resembled the characteristics of the dolphin's skin. Significantly, this new design yielded an impressive 250% increase in the speed of the submarine as it traveled deep under the water. Since it would be utterly absurd and illogical to claim that the submarine was merely an accident of nature, it would be even more ridiculous to claim that the designs found in whales and dolphins, which greatly surpassed the man-made knockoffs, were also accidents of nature. Clearly, these incredibly complex and fascinating creatures were deliberately and specially designed by the creator of the heavens and the earth. You know, this is a real problem for evolution because how can you logically claim that these creatures just happen to randomly develop incredible features like echolocation, which are perfectly designed and tweaked to function with absolute precision? And how do you logically claim that there's no intelligent mind behind these designs when human beings with intelligent minds have to turn to the designs in nature for answers? The answer is obvious there is an intelligent mind behind these creatures. To claim otherwise is a logical absurdity and a denial and
0: suppression of the truth. I think one of the interesting things is there are many people who, scientists and engineers, who look to things in nature uh, when we come up with uh, these solutions to problems and all of that, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Absolutely. It, it's
2: It happens all the time, more than you would think. Uh, and, so, and there's things that we use today, technologies that we use that have actually been designed
0: based upon those designs found in
2: creation. So it's absolutely stunning.
0: And that's the proof that there is a, a scientific uh, beautiful divine mind mm-hmm. behind the creation of the universe. 100%. That, that, that's absolutely stunning. It, it is amazing. Very good. Thank you, Ryan. Corey?
1: All right. Well, in Psalm 45, which we are actually assigning to you to read tomorrow over the weekend, uh, there's something that really pertains to what I want to talk about. And and it's talking, uh, there's a verse, verse 8 says, all your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. So it's talking about robes that have been scented like spices to smell good. Now, human hygiene is a human issue, right? So no matter which, where you are in time, whether we go into the future, whether it's present day or whether we look into the past, human hygiene has always been a thing. We have five senses and one of those is smell. And we like to smell pleasant things, not body odor or negative things. And in the ancient world, there were several ways of dealing with this. Of course, there was perfumes and oils and spices that you could anoint your body and your hair and your clothing with. But there's a really interesting artifact that also may point to uh, a practice, uh, for lack of a better word, kind of fumigating your body uh, with various fragrances. Take a look. The late and well-respected archaeologist William F. Albright made many contributions to our knowledge of history. But not all of them were discoveries he himself dug out of the ground, such is the case with an artifact that sheds light on the day-to-day beauty practices of ancient women. Albright began this discovery by re-examining a small box that was found in the Israeli city of Lachish in the 1930s. This cube-shaped box was thought to belong to a classification of ritual incense burners, burners that had use in religious ceremonies or services. The box that drew Albright's attention had an inscription around its size that had been hastily translated as something to do with incense and the proper name of the biblical god, so its connection to religion was assumed verified. Albright's reexamination, however, claimed an entirely different translation. In his reading, the box read, Belonging to the daughter of Eos, son of Mali, the royal courier. Supported by other well-respected scholars, this new translation changed the artifact from one with religious significance to one with a different kind of biblical link. This was now a cosmetic burner, meaning a box that fumigated ancient perfume into the pores and clothes of Judean women. Other known cosmetic burners follow generally the same build. They have four legs and a shallow bowl in the top to hold spices. Many found burners have names of spices inscribed on their sides. As to use, Albright cites a 19th century book in which the traveling author describes how Bedouin women tented themselves over a coal fire with spices thrown in, using their outer garments to keep in all the fumes. In this way, he claims that he could smell a group of women from a hundred yards away. While this observation was made thousands of years after this personal cosmetic burner was made, it at least provides a link from a comparable culture as to how the boxes may have been used. And it absolutely illuminates biblical passages like Psalm 45.8, various passages from Song of Solomon, and of course Queen Esther's year-long beauty treatment that's said to have included six months with perfumes. So there we go, just one of the ways that ancient people dealt with smells. You know, everyone wants to smell good. So this is just one of the ways, I mean, perfume was very widespread. We can get into that as we continue moving along uh, through the scriptures. But I just wanted to take this time now to look at that verse in Psalm 45. You know,
0: it's interesting because uh, there's a lot in the ancient times related to smells. Mm uh, perfumes. You know, our noses did not just develop in this recent time. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: just because our media says the most important thing happened in the last 24 hours does not mean that's the case. And I remember being in Israel and going in to see uh, an old relic uh, building, and I asked what it was. And they, they said this was one of Solomon's uh, places where his wives created perfume. Right. And that was fascinating. And he said, yeah, they're all over the place here. So he apparently created an industry of how to do this. I mean, he literally had a corner on the market in Israel for smelling. Well,
1: yes. And and I think that, you know, perfume manufacture throughout the ages and throughout, you know, a, it's a it's it's a good uh, PR move to slap Solomon's name on it. Right. When especially when you're in Israel, it's not always the case that it, it turns out to be attributed to Solomon. But certainly he did pretty amazing things. And certainly there would have been perfume production during the days of Solomon because there always was. Well,
0: when, and when you know, you, you talk about that. And one of the things that I think of, of course, is Esther.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, mm-hmm.
0: you know, she had to prepare herself yeah. for the king. And so she prepares herself. And so part of the preparing, you know, you think about looks, but looks are one thing. She had to generate in her a smell <laughs> that the king would like. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly
1: amazing. Yes, well, or, or apply onto apply. herself the yeah. smells well, well, that are, are actually, pleasing to other people. But yes. there
0: are there are ways that they do that. We talked you know, about
1: it, I know. That are very, <laughs>
0: yes. you know, stunning. And you think, wow, that's a, a lot of work to go through. But it's it's true. And today we have chemicals and everything else that we use and the smelling companies, I call them smelling companies, perfume companies. (laughs) They're they're people who have manipulated, you know, medicine or uh, or chemicals and everything to make you smell good. But I find that absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. So there you go. There you Uh, go. Just remember on on the next program, yes, on the next program, uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, our enemies when they attack us and what we do. God says, if you're persecuted for me, Call on me. And so we call on God. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that next time on Monday. Mm -hmm. So make sure you join us. Now,
3: Corey and Matlock do something every weekend. If you're a new viewer, then we're going to let Corey, explain exactly what that is.
1: Sure. So we know that we cover a lot of reading in our assigned reading and in the discovery guide, you know, from each week. So uh, every Saturday, my husband and I do a chapter by chapter recap to kind of get you caught up if you've fallen behind on your reading or to just test your memory. Even we have a lot of people that like to test their memory, see how many details they can remember of the scripture because it is quite fast. So if you would like to check out the recap, we we upload those videos every Saturday morning, and it's on my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Corey Babetchko.
0: All right, very good. And of course, we're on Facebook and YouTube, but we've added the, one more, and it's on. It's called Rumble, and Rumble is a, a kind of a, a YouTube sort of conservative side of thing, and we are available on Rumble too. So make sure you check that out. Now I know we've got a question, mm-hmm. so I've got an answer, but I'm not going to say anything. Go All ahead. All right,
3: very good. These two and you at home are going to have to come up with the answer. And I know I have a whole long list of people that that really enjoy this segment. If you don't, that's all right. Who text
0: you when they get it
2: right.
3: Exactly. Bob and Cindy are, are, are awesome friends of ours. And they are. They love to play along. And, and we have, I know, Marinette and Sinclair, they're all there all the time. So, all right. Without further ado, in David's prayer... I'm not even gonna say which Psalm it is right now. He asks the Lord this, keep me as something. Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me from my deadly enemies who surround me. So I'm gonna give you the the whole verse again. Okay. And I'm gonna leave out the blank part that I'm looking for. Keep me as something. Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me from my deadly enemies who surround me. Number one, keep me as the apple of your eye. Number two, keep me as one of your anointed. Or number three, keep me as one who dwells with you forever. Those are your three choices. So keep me as what? Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me. From my deadly enemies who surround me. Now, for those of you that are new to the Bible, or you're just saying, "I have no idea, Janice. I don't even know." I'll give you a clue. It comes <laughs> sure from that. Psalm 17. This can be an open book test, so everybody's not for Corian, looking up Oh, not really? Yeah. <laughs> I could just flip So let's
1: see. Let's see. What Mine's do you on say? 44 right now. All right, there we go. Where is it? I think it's number one. I think it's apple of.
2: Yeah, I, we'll go with that. They all sound pretty, you know, something like David would say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll go with number Very
3: Davidic one. sounding. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it does take a little while. The Psalms are not easy for me to get questions from. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings from the wicked who oppress me from my deadly enemies who surround me Was David's prayer.
0: Thank you for joining us today and thank you for joining us on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday broadcast. It continues to grow. We are live on Facebook and YouTube and we're going to pray for you. Today, we need to focus on this. We need to pray and say, Lord, thank you for your light. Thank you for your truth in my life. Help me to put my ideas down and to lift your ideas up in my mind and my heart. In Jesus name. Amen.